Your name is above every circumstance and situation that confronts us today, Father God. We thank you for victory in our lives, Lord God. Victory over lust, victory over temptation, victory over fear, victory over our past. We thank you, Lord God, you've given us victory in the future. Our homes are full of your love and your peace and your joy. I thank you, my Father. We're a bright light in our homes, a bright light on our jobs, Lord God, a bright light in this community. We thank you for courage and strength for the things that you've called us to do. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody say, thank you, Father. I have victory over my past today in the future. I have no fear. I have victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Woo. Give that guy a bear hug next to you and you can be seated. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, worship team. I want to do some thank yous really quick. Besides you all for coming, which I'm so grateful that you came and did what it takes to get here. I want to, there's a, there's a handful of people here on scholarships. Some of you who provided them are in this room. Others are not. Others wanted to be here, but couldn't. Some people planted seeds. One of uh, one or two of your scholarships was from a woman whose husband was not doing the right things and wanted to plant a seed that her husband would do the right things. And so planted. So yeah, amen. So God's been really moving. Um, it was the kind of thing where every time there was someone that said, I want to come, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. I'd say, well, just plan on coming and we'll figure something out. And I mean, within hours, God would move on someone's heart. People would be chasing me down with checks at church. Hey, I, w- I, wanna, I, d- I don't know if anybody needs to go, but I want to help somebody go. And it was just like, wow, God is so good. Uh, I'm grateful to our worship team. Uh, these guys, we just had an opportunity to do a different worship format. It was just such a pleasure to work with Austin and Justin and John Ledbetter was here Friday night. And yeah, give them a hand. They've been practicing multiple times for this event and... Uh, like I talked about, Johnny G, he's uh, provided all the tech, came out early with me on Friday. We loaded a whole van full of stuff and set it up, and uh, we've got some leaders here. Too many to just mention by name, but some leaders here that I kind of sought out and asked you to help me with responsibilities, and this has been just an amazing experience knowing that people are all about the vision of this thing, and they're just ready to jump in and do whatever, so I'm, I pre- you know who you are. I appreciate you. I want to thank Pastor John. I know he's not here, but I just want to honor him for a second because... Uh, this really was his idea, this advance, uh, the thing he just happened to say a long time ago, hey, it's time to do something at, out in the woods again, you know? And uh, so he's been um, on our staff. He has been really pushing very hard that we would continue to um, boost the culture of connecting people. That's been the real thing on his heart for the last couple of years, that we would just, everything that we do, that in the midst of it, the culture would be one of just, you know, we are the church of love, acceptance, forgiveness. So out of that comes connections. And so it's been such a blessing to see you guys connect and different people hanging out that I haven't ever seen hanging out at church before. And, and so Pastor John has really been working very hard behind the scenes, encouraging the staff to just, you know what, at the end of the day, your to-do list is awesome, but what I'm really looking for is connecting people. Make sure everybody has somebody. Make sure people know they're valuable. Make sure people know there's someone they can call. As our church grows and grows and grows, you know how it is. You don't have the luxury of just everyone gets to hang with the pastor. You know, there's, there's only one person, and, and he doesn't change, but the, everyone grows, and so you have to then build a culture of uh, hospitality and a culture of connection. And so I see that in you guys, and I want to applaud you uh, for that. And in in the staff here, I don't think any of them are here right now, but Kyle Lindback, Joel Slippinga, some of the other people we've worked with here, this, this place is amazing. I mean, behind the scenes, you know how it is when you go somewhere and you just know it's all about the rules? 
you've ever gone in like business and you're, you got this creative idea and you want to get it done, but you, they're immediately like, well, you know, we can only do this or, you know, and there's all these, and you're always trying to work. And I came out here expecting that, you know, and so, well, here's the deal, you know, can we do this? And he's like, sure. I mean, I was like, they never said no to anything. It was just, they were like, hey, we'll do whatever you need, you know? And uh, I just really appreciate that. Such a sweet atmosphere out here. So if you get a chance to see him, pat him on the back, tell him how much we appreciate them. And uh, uh, Carmen uh, Pitts, John, John's wife, I said, hey, could you just like throw together some snacks for us? And we got all this. And, and she wrote those, you see the name tags? Like she wrote like strong. And then she like looked up like synonyms of strong. I mean, just took it to a whole nother level than what I'd asked for. And, and, and I wrote her, I texted her back. I said, you are a rock star. Thank you for the snacks. And she said, it was my honor. And so if you see her in church on Sunday, um, thank her for uh, caring about us and taking care of us. But, and I, of course, want to thank Caleb Worley. Did you guys have a good time with Caleb? I know he was here short time, but uh, guy's got some perspective. He's been around the world. Uh, he's, he's, he's living what he's preaching. And uh, I just am I'm really blessed that we have the opportunity to have people like that in our midst and learn from. So I hope you took great notes. I want to kind of recap very briefly what we've heard in session one and two. And uh, I'm going to give a couple of people an opportunity to share very briefly here. And then we're going to kind of recap with, with what God's put on my heart for session three. So if you remember, you might, if you have your notes, you might even want to look back. But remember, Caleb talked about uh, stronger thoughts, right? That, that was his contribution. I, I told him, I believe the theme of this week is strong, stronger. Uh, man, you just take some liberty and rock it out. And, and what he came up with was were just two powerful sessions, I thought, and uh, stronger, stronger thoughts. And I'm just going to hit a couple of things that stuck out to me. Maybe you'll remember these. He said, going to another level requires thinking at another level. And so many times we, we say with our mouth, I'm, I want to go to the next level, but things don't always change up here and they, and they lock us in. And he said, your thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. <laughs> I'd never thought about that before. Uh, your thoughts are like trains. And so here's the question for each of us to ask ourselves daily. Are we on the right train? <laughs> Do we want to go where the train is, you know, is taking us that we're thinking because our thoughts do. And I think a great prayer is just to say to take five minutes and inventory your thoughts and ask the Lord, where does this head? I, I know right now it's funny to be sarcastic. I know right now in this moment it's funny to be critical or complain. But if I follow that through and if I assume that that's going to snowball in my life and become more and more who my character is, where does that lead me? And uh, I, I was very challenged to ask some questions about that in my life. And um, then he talked about how to change and grow in our thought life. He said, one, to recognize the intruders in our thought life. Again, taking that kind of thought inventory, you can learn really quickly if you're meditating the right things or not uh, by, the, by the condition of your, of your soul, that what, what they produce in your soul. You know what I mean? You can have a thought and all of a sudden, how many of you know there's symptoms in the natural that begin to, palms get sweaty and you begin to sicken your stomach and there's things like that. Well, th- those aren't the right thoughts. And then he said to take every cap- to take captive every thought, right? That means there's got to be a filter. There's got to be a filter between our ears that's based on the Word of God that, that weighs and judges everything that comes in based on what the Word of God says. And then he's talked about, he talked about that your thought life is about arriving at the destination that God has for you. So in the moment, how many of you have been in the moments where you're just totally in the flesh, you know it? I mean, you just tick right off about something. And even if someone came and told you about it, you'd say, yeah, I know, but I'm just ticked off and I'm just going to let this run its course for a minute and then I'll do the right thing eventually, you know. But uh, you know, we got it in those moments. We got to go, where is this taking me? Where is this taking me in this moment? And that really impressed me. I want to invite uh, two gentlemen. I'm going to have Brandon Endicott come up here for a second. And I just asked him to give us like a two-minute 
deal uh, just about what the Lord's done in his life. When he thinks about being strong, and I just gave you liberty, so you share whatever, but I, he knows kind of the theme. And I just, I, lo- I love Brandon. I think he's a great guy. I'm so glad he's part of our church, and I know he loves Jesus. And so would you come up, Brandon, and just share with us a couple of minutes what God's put on your heart about strong? God put some things on my heart. Um, actually, he gave me some scriptures, and I'll share those with you. You guys will probably recognize some of these scriptures that came to my heart, and I kind of use these in my life um, as far as strength. Um, but when it comes to strength, you know, <clears throat> just know as we're growing, um, strength comes from going through adversity and going through trials. And these verses are going to kind of touch on that. And also, growing in strength um, is, is, as men, is being called to be leaders for our families, for our community, for our, um, our jobs, um, being, being leaders and stepping up and doing that. And um, something that... Uh, I've been going through um, last couple of years is just renewing your mind. And again, I'll touch on some scripture that really <clears throat> we we got to constantly be renewing our mind and also watching what we say, what we speak over ourselves and over our families and over over anything. And, and it, it's so important what we speak um, daily. But just just some scripture real quick. Um, what did Jesus say um, in John sixteen thirty three? He said we. We will have tribulation, not might, but we will. But he has. But I don't have the. If you could put the scripture up, that'd be great. I was going to bring. Um, just that he's overcome the world, and you know, um, I'll let you guys read that here. Um, and along those lines, then you go to, you know, so these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you you have tribulation, not might, but you will. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So just know that. Um, that leads me to James 1, 2 through 8, um, t- talking about trials. You know, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that testing your faith produces patience. So it's so important to be patient through these trials, and it's always in God's timing. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And it gets into... If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives all liberally without, repro- without reproach, and it will be given to him. And But let him ask in faith, not doubting. And that's a, that's a key. We can't doubt when we ask. Um, and for he who doubts is like a wave <clears throat> of the sea driven by and tossed by the wind. For let that not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So what that means is, is just be confident. And, and knowing what what we're asking for, um, and I'll, I'll just end with this, and leads me into Philippians, and, and or actually in Romans twelve two, you know we got to renew our mind constantly. Um, it's very important, and then um, I'll leave you with Philippians four four through eight. I'll put that up there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So always be always being happy and confident, rejoicing. And let your gentleness be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. But, but be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then Philippians, one of my favorite verses, Philippians uh, 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, 
or if things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Get rid of your stinking thinking. Get rid of the negativity. Don't surround yourself with people that are negative because they'll bring you right down to that. So just be be confident and, and think good things all the time. So, all right. Awesome. Thanks, Brandon. I had, uh, and Brad Thomas. Brad, would you come up wherever you are? Brad's a good friend, and I, uh, he was sharing some things with us this morning out at the early prayer and um, just about strength and some things that he's been through and things that he's going to, and uh, I won't say any more. Go for it. Afternoon, everybody. Uh, the weekend, strong. That's uh, the biggest challenge I've had all year. Uh, for those of you who may know or may not know, um, strength is the one thing that I haven't had all year. I've been battling a health challenge that's basically kept me wiped pretty much most of the year. Beginning of the year, I had big, big plans, big desires, big visions. Uh, everybody does that at the beginning of the year. Pastor John had given the uh, Sun Stand Still book out, and uh, that was just right on course with uh, the things I wanted for my life, the things that I was believing for, the, the changes I wanted to make, the better, betters in my life. And uh, a couple weeks into the year, I went to the eye doctor, and I had a challenge in my left eye that uh, was basically going to steal my sight if we didn't do something. So amongst uh, over a half a dozen medications at a time at one different time and different medications that basically physically just wiped me out to, uh, to try to treat it all year, I've been battling having enough energy physically to do the things that I need to do, to work, to be a father, to be a husband, to uh, do the things that I need to do. And uh, what... Many of you know when you go through something like that physically, it, it takes a toll on you emotionally. Uh, it'll attack you spiritually. And uh, I, I knew in my mind that everything was going to be okay. I knew I was going to get through this. I just kept expecting it to happen sooner than it did and sooner than it has. And uh, even up to this weekend, I put Corey off for, for quite a while saying that I was even going to come. Because if you've seen me at church, a lot of times you'll see me in the bookstore standing up just because I can't sit for longer than 15, 20 minutes without getting drowsy, without getting fatigued. And uh, it's just, it's very challenging, especially at a church like Victory, where I come every service looking for more and knowing that I'm going to receive and just physically fighting it. So I, start, I started standing up in the book, bookstore to make it happen, to, to just do that. And uh, finally, I knew I wanted to come, and so I told Corey, I said, Go ahead and sign me up. We're, we're going to make this happen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I'm finally, finally starting to, to wake up from the coma that I've been in all year with these medications. I'm kicked a medication off about every other month, getting with the doctor, trying to get them off, and finally moving forward. So finally starting to feel the strength come back into my life, feel the, the normalcy that uh, I, I need in order to move ahead to that next vision. Now, as we talked about last night, you know, understanding what's coming in, understanding those thoughts and those things that come in. I've noticed that all year, because I haven't had that much energy and that much strength, I, I haven't had as much courage as I need to have to know that I can do the things that I need to do. I haven't had as much tenacity, if you will, to be the father that I need to be, be the husband that I need to be, be the worker that I need to be. I, I've, I've lost because I've been, on, I've been on the battlefront all year. So <clears throat> I know that I need to do those things. I've got these visions and these plans that I need to move forward towards. And 
it's time to move forward. But I've got to build that courage back up. I've got to build, I've got to build myself back up and uh, to be strong like I once was. And I haven't lost sight of all of those visions. I've, I've still got them on my mind, and I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to be strong again. And I know every one of us here at one point in time, you've, you've had that something that's inside you, that something that you saw, you, you caught a glimpse of, you caught a light that you thought, maybe that's it. And that's what I saw in January. And I, I couldn't physically get there. But nine months later, ten months later, I'm not giving up. I'm not losing that. It's there, and I'm going to get it. And a weekend like this with Caleb and Pastor Corey and Pastor John, again, we're men. There's a special calling on each one of our lives to be leaders, leaders of ourselves, leaders of our families, leaders in our community, leaders at work. We are men. There's a special banner that is over each and every one of you, whether you're older, whether you're younger. It's time to rise up and be that person in the face of adversity. Satan tried to steal my sight. I can live without my sight. I can't live without my vision. I won't make it. I'll do it blind if I have to. But we'll win. Hey, guys, stretch your hands out to Brad. Thank you, Father, for healing Brad's eyes. The most miraculous thing is the, is the grabbing things and the things of faith and moving forward and coming out of what he described as a coma. But we do pray over those eyes. We, we accept no other report than divine healing. We thank you that he'll have sight and vision. We thank you that you are perfecting things and ligaments and tendons and nerves with muscles. Lord, we, right now, by the supernatural power of the name of Jesus Christ, we confess complete, total healing over his eyes. We thank you that what the enemy is meant for harm, you're turning around for good. And I thank you that when this is all, when the dust settles, he will end up more stronger. He'll end up with more provision. He'll end up with better sight and, most importantly, better vision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for, thanks for sharing, buddy. Love you. Yeah, thanks, guys. So, so Caleb took us into session two with talking about a stronger spirit and, uh, and stronger associations. And the thing I got about stronger spirit, a person with a strong spirit is one who endures opposition and adversity. It makes me think of what Brad's been through. It makes me think about what you guys have been through. My wife's father was a pig farmer. And when the day that we got married, my family came up from Chicago all the way up to Canada and got to see their pig farm for the very first time. And my brother, who is 10 years younger than me, so I don't know, at the time he was still a, a kid. I was, heck, I was a kid still. And uh, <laughs> he steps out of the van and he goes, oh, what is that smell? And of course, you know what my father-in-law, the pig farmer said, it's the the smell of money, right? And so, you know, I, I, I laugh about that every now and then. And, and I was thinking this week, and I kept thinking of it. All the, It kept coming up in my mind, and then I figured, well, maybe it's supposed to go into this talk. But, uh, you know, the, the adversity that we go through, the trials, the opposition, like Brandon was telling us about, that's the smell of opportunity. When you're walking by faith and not by sight, it's not that we love opposition. I mean, we're, n- we're never going to love opposition. We're never going to love adversity. Something in us is always just going to want things to just go right because that's, w- that's what we desire. But I'll tell you what, men of faith, men who are strong, run into opposition and go, well, I guess this means, remember the scarecrow message from a couple weeks ago? What does the scarecrow tell us? 
that there's something valuable to protect. What does opposition tells us? That there's a value op- opportunity presenting itself to us, and the enemy doesn't want us to go through that door of opportunity. So be encouraged if you're dealing with opposition, if you're going back home to resistance and opposition. It's, it's the smell of opportunity is what it is for the man of faith. So a strong spirit, they will endure a strong spirit. It takes, he said it takes a lot to get a, a person with a strong spirit to, uh, to, to fall. And so then he talks about stronger associations. He talks about stronger associations keep us strong in all the seasons of our life. Actually, uh, Pastor Mike Lamana, he was, had the privilege of hearing him share uh, just a couple of days ago at the, hu- at the huddle. I don't know if you guys don't know about the huddle. The huddle is a weekly Bible study just over the noon hour, like 1210 to 1250. So you can get out of work, get back to work. It's local pastors. It's just it's anybody. It's local people, uh, non-denominational, no really one church presenting. It's just that every week they have interesting leaders and they asked Mike to share Wednesday. He did a fantastic job, but he talked about getting off the fence. And he talked about if you're that kind of person that just wants to kind of hang on the line, you know, well, I'm not technically sinning, but you're just kind of right here. As Mike so eloquently said it, he says, you're really easy to grab and pull over the line by the people who are on that side of the line. So associations are important, you know, and it says in all the seasons of life, if you surround yourself, and Mike's talk was just the same thing. He said, the more you choose to go in the direction of what God has for you and further away from that line of what's just tolerable, well, I'm not technically sinning, but you're just kind of camped right out here. And there's a comfort, you know, because it's familiar, right? You spent a lot of years over here. And so there's a part of it, you're being pulled into faith, but there's a part of it that's comfortable because you know what to predict. You know what to expect here. But the further you go away from that line, the, the, the people that you're drawn around now are people who are most likely to help you in the direction that God's called you to go. And so associations are critical. If you're going back to friendships and associations that make you compromise to keep them, then you will lose the things that God's trying to do. And I know that's not fun to receive sometimes because some of you might have friends. And when we have all kinds of great excuses about, well, you know, I'm just going to minister to them. Hey, awesome, minister to them, but in a, not in a way that causes you to compromise the direction because you're going to be more valuable to them serving God than you are hanging out on the line with them and wavering. You know what I mean? So if you want to change the world, change yourself. You know what I mean? If you want to change your family, let God change you first. And that's the way to do it. And so I, those are some things I got out of his talk. He said, uh, he said, how do you want to acquire your wisdom, from mentors or from mistakes? Do you guys remember that line? I mean, there's something great about learning from mistakes, but it's a heck of a lot better to learn from mentors and people who've already made the mistakes. And so associate, he gave a handful. I don't know if I have them all, but he said to associate with people who obey God. And you model that in your, in your life. He said to hang out with people that unlock faith in you, people that push on you and ask about your life and, and encourage you and call you out when you're talking crazy talk and, you know, that kind of stuff. And three, people who honor authority. Because everything God does, he does through authority. Uh, he does it through, you know, the good authority, the bad authority. It doesn't matter. God is not stopped. He can work through any authority. And, and hang with people who unlock gratitude in others, or, or, or unlock gratitude in others, hang with people that unlock gratitude in you, and thereby causing you to want to be a giver. That's an important attribute. I've asked uh, uh, Dan Peter uh, to come up really quickly and just share a little, again, on this kind of theme, just personally in his life, what, what Dan, in two, three minutes, what have you had to work through in your life to come out on the side of strong? Amen. Um, did you all have somebody, when you were growing up, like I did, his name was Jimmy Ritter, and uh, Jimmy had a full beard in fourth grade, all right? I'm not kidding you, full beard in fourth grade, and um, 
Whereas myself, I didn't have hair under my armpits until I was a junior in high school. I was short, skinny, undersized, small, weak, and I matured late. And so um, when, when I started coming to Victory and, and, and started hearing the message of love and the message of forgiveness and the message of weakness, or not weakness, I'm sorry, meekness, that was a difficult message for me because growing up, uh, being picked on and being bullied, for me, um, uh, being meek meant I was physically weak. And, and because I didn't have a choice to respond in love, I felt I had to respond in love to others because of my small stature. And so um, I thank God that, that uh, and I don't even remember the day, but it, Pastor Pam was preaching. It was a Sunday morning, and she was uh, preaching on love. And I, I just felt like the Lord showed me that that is true strength, that, um, that we respond in love. Uh, and it's a choice because of his strength on the inside of us. And uh, uh, that's, that's uh, it. amen. That was really smooth transition right there. Hallelujah. No, but I just uh, praise God as, as, as um, I just thank God for Victory Christian Center because as that love has developed in me, amen, I grew up in an in environment where um, uh, I saw people refra- respond in frustration rather than love. I appreciate what uh, uh, Caleb said last night about being at the ticket counter and uh, a very potentially frustrating situation, but he chose to respond in love, and he was gracious, and he just went and made the phone call, and everything worked out. And I grew up with, you know, I saw examples of respond in frustration, try to, you know, impose your will. And, and that was uh, what I saw as strength. And so I just praise God that his love in us allows us to be gracious, never have to intimidate. We never have to push. We never have to manipulate others. Uh, we can always respond in graciousness, with love, with gentleness, with kindness and meekness. Not because we have to, but because it's a choice and because we want to. Amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's really good. Mike Lamana, would you share for for a couple minutes? Um, same thing, buddy. What is how? Have, where have you gotten strength from in your life? I'll tell you what the, you know, this is. Um, there are so many of you at this church and in this church who have spoken to my life and been a part of my life and really just. Um, you know, if you talk to, like, Stan and Jerry and Bill and some of these guys about the look on my face, my first, we're ahead. <laughs> look on my face my first however many, six months maybe, at the church. I was very unapproachable. Um, I was pretty happy with my life. Uh, I was depending on me, and I was a remarkably, remarkably prideful man. And, um, in fact, I exercised pride like you would exercise, you know, your faith and everything else. I mean, I, I truly found ways to be good at stuff and dig hard to be number one so that I could be number one, you know. But, but as it, my point here, though, you know, is that, that there is a strength in humility that I never understood. I never really got that part. Um, man, I'm going to say maybe 15 years ago, Dan, that I sold the copier to the church. Okay, Dan Peter and Crystal, uh, now it's Diewert, um, were in charge at the office. I sold a very large off piece of office equipment, uh, a very large sum of money. They were very particular about who they were going to write that check to and how this was going to go. They did their homework. But in all of that, when I left that sale, 
I had a list of guys at that time that I, you know, just a, these 10 guys that I wanted to be more like. And Dan Peter took the top of that list at that time. And it was really amazing because that wasn't Dan's focus. Dan was Dan. And I interrupted Dan during his day, and it didn't matter. The interruption was handled exactly how Dan would handle everything else. And it was just amazing. But then, then when we, so we started a search for a church, and we found Victory Christian Center because I thought back, and I went, wait a minute. You, you, you know, I sold a copier to this Dan Peter guy, and I just, I mean, I, I really, if I have to go to church, because that's what it was, I had to go. My wife said, you're my daughter. You're going to church. If I have to go to church, I want to go someplace where people are going to act like him. And, and, and here's the, the key. I found humility and humility and humility and humility and humility and humility from all these guys. And it wasn't just a humility that they, that they had for themselves, but then they were ready to receive my prideful behind, put up with my looks and my smarty comments and all the rest, and take me under their wing and do what a church is supposed to do. So when Caleb spoke this morning about that that strength that you find in the people you surround yourself with, that's what this church, you guys that are, are new to this church three years or better, man, stick around because you are being trained up from every side and every angle if you let them. If you will, hum, if you will humble yourself and allow these people to speak into your life, if you will humble yourself, I mean, you can't, you can't get to this level of thinking if you're not going to go at it humbling yourself and going, okay, God, what do you have for me here? What do you want me thinking? What do you want me to say? So all of the strength that I find right now all comes from, and I know you guys are still looking at Mike and go, there's some pride there, and there is. It's going to be a never-ending fight. But I'm telling you right now, there's a humility too. I kneel before him constantly. I praise him constantly. You know, I mean, I got it from every, you guys, from everywhere you guys came at me. I, I had phone calls and at work. I'm working with Shane, and I mean, constantly. Is that what you want to be speaking over yourself, Mike? Are, are, you, are you claiming what you want to see? I mean, I would shut the door behind Shane and go, what is that guy doing? God is not going to close this deal. I mean, it was just really, but... But that's what you need to find. That's, you need to latch on to these guys that are sitting close to you right now. You need, to, you need to bury yourself in a church like this. And you need to humble yourself. Humble yourself before him. And you'll find a strength that you had no idea you had in so many places. And every time you think you can't do it, you grab one of these guys. And, and, and you let him explain to you what humility is all about, what the next level of thinking is all about. Let them lead and guide and steer. They're going to speak the word into your life. We are a word-teaching church, and that's what this church does, and that's what these guys do. So, And all of you that step up to keep me humble, thank you so much. I love you guys. Great job, buddy. So I want to send you out with this quick word. I do want to land on this. Jesus is a strong name. Uh, we have strong thoughts. We need to have strong spirit. We need to have strong associations. Here's maybe what kicks us out the door and causes us to win. There's a strong name that we are attached to. There's a strong name named Jesus. I want to share just very briefly about that. Philippians 2, if you can give that to me, John. Philippians 2, 
beginning in verse 9, we'll, 9 to 11 is what we'll do. But this is, this is our foundation. God has exalted Jesus, and he's given him the name which is above every other name. It's a name that's above debt. It's a name that's above cancer. It's the name that's above divorce. It's the name that's about weakness. It's a, that, it's a name that trumps all of those names. You can talk about those names, but when the name of Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so God has given him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Cancer bows, marriage, failed marriages bow, bad wrong thinking patterns bow, and uh, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have a strong name in the man that we identify with, a man who hung on the cross but didn't stay there, did, the, did something that no other man could do, which is overcome the grave, to rise, to sit at the right hand of the Father, to intercede for us, to perfect every issue that concerns us, to care about us, to communicate with us, and to give us the strength that we need to accomplish what he's called us to. He has called us to something intentionally that we and of ourselves are not strong enough to accomplish because he wants us to be on a, a co-mission with him. So Proverbs 18.10, and you don't have to put it up there because you guys know what the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The name of the Lord. I mean, walk out of this place confident that the Jesus that you serve is the name of the Lord. He's a strong tower. The righteous, that's you and me. The people who are in right standing with God, we run into it, and we are safe. Now, me personally, if I had to share my little two, three-minute thing, I would say this, that over the years, there's been, just like we all go through seasons, and one season you think that you're just, this thing is just going to be the end of me because it's so difficult. And then you get through it, and then later you look back and you just think, that wasn't even half a big a deal as what I'm looking at. Now, that's kind of the design of our lives, that we're going to continue to press up against these levels and have to break through. And um, one thing that I've g- grown in strength over when I go through adversity, when I go through opposition, is reminding and reminding myself, speaking to my spirit and saying, I am on assignment by God. This is not just Corey's living his life, and every now and then when I need God, I ask for a little, you know, hit me up with a little bit of heaven, you know, so I can continue to be Corey. But we are on assignment from God. When you work for someone and they send you on an assignment, you go with the name of the company, you go with the authority of the boss, you go with the company money, (laughs) petty cash, or you go with a credit card, you go with the influence, you go on assignment. It's really not about you. It's about you representing and going. And so my strength in some situations has come from identifying with the fact that I have an assignment every single day. It's not about adversity. It's about the assignment. There's an assignment that I've been called to, and there is adversity that comes with it. Paul said many great doors of opportunity have opened, but with it comes much adversity. I'm paraphrasing, but it says that, listen, the very nature of opportunity, like we said earlier, it comes with, if there's no adversity attached to your opportunity, it's probably not even a worth an opportunity worth chasing down. And so in Matthew 28, beginning in 16, this is what we call the great commission. When you think about the word commission, I just always say commission, but it's a co-mission. What God has called us to do, he has said, this is who I am, and I'm going to call you on a mission, but you must be my co-pilot. We always say, 
you know, what do they say? If God's your co-pilot, move over. <laughs> or if God's your co-pilot, you're going to kill him. <laughs> like, like, move over. Let him be the pilot. You be the co-pilot. And um, he's calling us on a commission, a commission. Basically, what he's saying is, you are not suitable for the mission that I'm calling to you. But we are. Call, we are suitable for the mission that I've called you to. And so the commission says, and I'm going to read from the advanced version. The advanced version says, Then the advanced men went away into Brookston to Camp Tecumseh, which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and all on earth. I mean, did you hear that? All authority has been given to me in all of heaven and on earth. So therefore, pursue your assignment. Pursue it. Go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, as you go, we take the things that we have learned and we apply, we, we apply them, we credit them to the assignment that God has for our lives. Now, that is the, that's all of our assignments, to go and make disciples, to go be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go out and let people know, make the name of Jesus famous everywhere we go. And then in the working of that out, you have these niche assignments that he's suited you for, that he's called you to, and those are wonderful. But at the end of the day, never get too far away. Never forget that that calling is first to make Jesus famous everywhere you go. And so pursue your assignment. I, uh, I don't have my checkbook. Does anybody have a checkbook? Just like right... Yeah, see, me neither. There we go. Okay, so here's a checkbook. Not that I really have to, I mean, you know, know what a checkbook is, but you know how it is with visuals. It's like, you know, you retain things better when you can see it. I was thinking about a checkbook. Now, if this was, this is, this is Kent's checkbook, and so it says Kent Ledbetter on there. But when he goes to write a check, and the person cashing it, and eventually the bank has to honor that check, do you think they really care whose name is on that check? What do they care about? What's in the account? That's the issue. It's not, well, Well, of course you can cash this. I'm Kent Ledbetter. <laughs> so, so the issue is, what's in the account? What does the check represent? That is the issue. And so if we're not operating in the strength of the name of the Lord, then we're, as they say, writing checks that our flesh can't cash. Anybody ever tell you that? Hey, boy, you're writing a check that your body can't cash, right? You used to hear that from the bully and all that stuff. But if we're operating in the natural, and what that means is we, you hear us say flesh all the time. If you don't know what that means, when you're just only thinking, you're reasoning. You know what I mean? You're, just, you're attacking adversity, and you're attacking opportunity, and you're trying to fulfill your assignment only through the lens of what you already know, what you've already experienced. You know, um, we, we, we were at this prayer thing, and I don't want to get off on tangent, but we were at this prayer thing years ago. Maybe you were there, Dan, too, and it was this thing where the, the government, like somebody who worked for the governor of Indiana on some kind of faith-based uh, initiative came, and, and it was a prayer breakfast with all these different pastors and stuff from, from town. And he came, and he was a believer, but he said, we, we want to work with the churches, and this is the reason. The government does a terrible job of changing the heart of people. In fact, the government cannot change the heart of people. All we know how to do is to take statistics and to look at history, and then we have to base programs around what has happened in the past. So when we know that we have so-and-so unwed mothers under the age of 30, we know that that's gonna ex- it's going to multiply at this rate. We know that these are the needs that are going to have. We know that it's probably going to happen to them a second, maybe even a third time. We know those things, and so we design programs to what are we going to do when that finally happens, and let's just accommodate that. 
But he said, but that's not good enough because that's just, that just allows a problem to continue. What he said was, we want to work with the church because you guys are the ones who can help change the hearts of people and change the statistics and change the, the reasons for the programs. And I, I took such great encouragement from hearing that. But, um, but we have to be operating in the strength of the Lord. That's why it's strong this weekend, so that we can write checks that he can fulfill. And your assignment is about writing checks. Your assignment is about opening up the checkbook that he has given you in the promises of the word of God, trusting in the name of the Lord, the name that's above every other name, the name that every knee bows, every tongue confesses, the name that says, I'll, I will give you every good and perfect gift, the name that says, you have, I'll, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That's what's in your bank accounts. And he has given you a checkbook in the word of God, and he said, start writing checks. Could you imagine if someone just deposited like a a billion dollars in your bank account and you said, what am I supposed to do? And they said, go write checks. Really? Yeah, go write checks. Go spend money. Pretty rough deal, huh? And so that's essentially what he's done. Now, not just for anything because the, the checks are only honored when it's part of the assignment. You can ask for all kinds of crazy things and hopefully you won't get them because if you get them, they might destroy you. And sometimes, sometimes the worst thing that can ever happen to someone is they get a prayer answered because it's the wrong prayer. But, but what happens is he's saying, begin to write checks. Begin to pursue your assignment. This checkbook's for your assignment. And here's what's in the bank. Healing is in the bank. Start writing checks for healing. When it feels like you are coming to grips with your cause, but then all of a sudden sickness rears its ugly head, write a check. Begin to confess that you're healed. Begin to make plans to walk forward whether you feel healed or not because you know you're going to be healed, and so you move in that direction. Don't, don't start making plan B. I might not get healed. Write a check. It's not about your name. It's not the sons of Sceva wasn't about their name, right? It, it, and that was their problem. They were doing things in their name. They weren't doing things in the name of Jesus. And so we need to begin to write checks where there's, where there's discord and strife and disunity in your families. It's time to start writing checks. It's starting to make plans. It's starting to see things the way they should be and beginning to put what they call a faith pressure on a situation, you know? I mean, if, I'm, if I ask somebody to do something for me at a certain point of time and I just continue to march towards that point of time and I'm literally ready for the handoff, I am putting pressure on that person to fulfill the obligation that I've called them to do. And many times we don't want to do that because many times we have this spiritual schizophrenia inside that says, well, I know God can, but I don't know if he will. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hitting towards my destination, but he might not be there. And so maybe I'll just kind of back off a little bit so it doesn't hurt so bad if he doesn't come through. You know, have you ever done that in my life? I know I've done that in my life. And so we need to begin to write checks. Um, uh, again, in Philippians 2.9, it says that he's the name above every other name. So there's nothing that he can't accomplish. There's nothing about your assignment that's too difficult for him. There's nothing that he can't provide for. And um, Caleb said it in one of his sessions. It was one of my favorite lines of the whole weekend. Right alignment equals fulfilled assignment. Right alignment, alignment in your thinking, alignment in your relationships, alignment in an understanding and a pursuit of your assignment. Let me tell you, can I encourage you this? Don't just go after your assignment. Pursue it head first. I was thinking about it. When do you go head first in anything? I mean, going head first is like the epitome of just 
do or die, is it not? Whether it was, you know, Pete Rose doing those famous slides, right, back in the day, whether it's you as a kid on your little metal runner sled deciding, no, I'm going to, like, I wanna, if you want to get the full experience, what do you do? You go head first. Maybe some of you got a little crazy on those slides out there. What do you do? Head first. Why? All in. But when you think about it, head first, you're the most vulnerable. I mean, this is the last place you want to get hurt. And so many times we don't pursue our assignment head first because we know it makes us vulnerable. And we know that it could be really disappointing if it doesn't work out like I think it's going to be. Or what if I fail? Or what if my family says, you're so stupid, how could you have done that? And look, it didn't work. And those are the things we wrestle with. And so what do we do? Well, I'm just going to go feet first. And that way I can catch myself. Or that way I can stop myself halfway if I don't want to go far. I just want to encourage you with all humility because I'm encouraging myself. I'm telling you, pursue the assignment. The assignment is based on the strength of the name of Jesus, the name that's higher than every other name. Pursue it head first. This is what Paul said, and I literally am, am concluding with this. Before we send you out, he says in Ephesians 3, 8, though I am least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, or unbelievers at that time, he graciously, God gave me the privilege of telling his people about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. As you write checks, to pay for your assignments, as you begin to put faith pressure on the bank account that God has, has set you up with, what you're doing is you're doing that great commission. You're telling people about the tremendous riches that are in Christ Jesus. You can tell them all day long and it doesn't mean anything, but when you live it and when you make deposits on those riches, how many of you had a victory before and some people got to be on the front row and see it? That preaches. You can tell them all day long, oh, God will spy on you, don't worry. But when they see it work in your life, there's no substitute for seeing it in action. So I just want to encourage you, man. It's been such an honor to be with you. Uh, I love you guys. I, I'm so glad that we had some time to be together. I want to encourage you this. I want you to stand up on your feet. and I want to pray for you. And um, I just want to send you out with this. Just go. <laughs> Just go advance. That's what our name is. Go advance. Pursue your assignment head first. Start writing checks that put faith pressure on the things that God has promised you. You, I believe, as a result of this weekend, and it's not the first time and it's not the last time, but as a result of this weekend, I believe that you have seeds planted in you for stronger thoughts. I believe that you have seeds planted, whether you even feel differently in this moment or not. I believe that seeds have gone deep into your heart that have planted for a stronger spirit. I believe that there are seeds planted in your heart for stronger associations. Some of you are going to have the courage to go back and cut off relationships that are causing you to not serve God. And you're going to care about those people, and you're going to pray for those people, but you're going to prepare for a day where you're stronger and you can go back and pull them over the line and not vice versa. I believe there's, there's seeds planted in you to believe and to really wake up and really believe that the name of Jesus is a strong name. And when we identify ourselves as Christians, we're saying we are Christ-like. The name of the Lord is strong, and therefore, by association, we are strong. Amen? Let's start writing checks and pursue this assignment headfirst. Amen? Lord, thank you for the men. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for my brothers. Thank you for the seeds that you've planted in our hearts. 
I thank you for the ministry. P- perhaps the most important ministry that's happened here this weekend has been side by side. It hasn't been from a speaker to a people. It's been side to side, shoulder to shoulder. I thank you for the relationships that have been kindled, for the seeds that have been deposited, for the great words of encouragement. I pray that every word, the word of God is incorruptible seed, and we confess that it is found good ground in our hearts. Our hearts have been made tender this weekend, and I believe that, that that's the beginning of breakthrough. It's the beginning of tremendous harvest. And so I just pray over each one of us that we will receive the word that you've given us this weekend, that we will build on the relationships that you have built, that we will walk out of this place believing that we are strong, believing that we are able, believing that there is nothing stopping us. The limits are off. There's no excuse for not pursuing headfirst the assignment we have. We know we're not afraid of adversity. We're not afraid of opposition anymore. We're ready to hit this thing headfirst. We're ready to go back and love our wives. We're ready to go back and love our friends. We're willing to go back and serve our church. We're willing to go back and be the best employees in our organization. We're willing to go back and love those jerky people at the ticket counters. We're we're willing to go back and make the name, the strong name of Jesus famous. Seal it in our hearts today as we go forth in victory in the name of Jesus. We all said, Amen. amen. Give yourselves a hand for being here. Woo!